0: Wednesday's USA versus Mexico clash was a roller coaster ride. And instead of a dos a cero that we're used to, we got dos a dos. This is the SBI show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me in the flesh is Ivis Galarcep. What's up, dude?
1: Nothing much, Garrett. We're here high above the city of Phoenix, and uh, we're recording our second SBI show live and in person. And it's great to finally do this uh, and not rush through it like we did the other day before the show. And we've got lots to talk about after Wednesday's game.
0: Yes. Uh, Ivis and I will recap the game. We'll also talk MLS Week 5 Rivalry Weekend. We'll preview all the games. But, uh, I mean, Ivis, you and I were both at that game last night. And U.S. men's national team started off a fantastic start. Michael Bradley a beast, once again proved why he is key to the U.S. men's national team's success in the first half. Then things kind of came off in the second half. You know, your kind of overall thoughts, you know, just you know, when, you, when you take the game and, and, and what it is. I mean, was it really a tale of two halves, or, or do you view it differently?
1: Well, I don't think it was a tale of two halves, complete halves. I think the first half was dominated pretty thoroughly by the U.S. They, they really put pressure on uh, Mexico and, and really took them out of their comfort zone and didn't let them get into any sort of rhythm. Obviously, the second half, Mexico came out really strong and took it to the U.S. They erased the lead. Uh, Omar Gonzalez really had a shocking second half and uh, just struggled. Another struggle, another bad game performance for him. Uh, but then the U.S. they settled down a bit after it got to two-two, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they they started getting back in. They started recapturing that rhythm. Some of the subs they put in uh, started to kind of settle things down and really go at Mexico. Both teams had chances late. Uh, But obviously the U.S. had that uh, Eddie Johnson would-be goal that was ruled offside and it looked like it was a legit goal, uh, you know, from the replay I saw. So, you know, that once again, you can kind of, you know, maybe you want to blame the CONCACAF refs, but at the end of the day, it wasn't about the result. It was about uh, answering some questions and maybe finding new questions that you need to answer. And I think what we saw from this game because a few players really step it up and a few players struggle.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, the result, if, if USA got it, I mean, that's just icing on the cake. You know, you and I talked about this in the preview, how important it was for certain players to have a good performance in this game. Obviously, Michael Bradley, Ivis. I mean, this is the first time we've seen Jurgen do a 4-4-2 with a diamond formation in a few years. He had Kyle Beckerman out there as the number six. He plays that for real. So, like, Michael Bradley, who, you know, some people may always see him as more of a holding midfielder. I mean, back in his early days, Ivis, he played more of a box-to-box attacking mid. And he can score goals. We've seen him score some spectacular goals. He did score uh, in this game, too. But Michael Bradley in this game, I mean, he proved why his success is vital to the U.S. men's national team's success.
1: Well, clearly he's a key to to the team's success and uh, one thing I would say is that you know I know there's a lot made of how successful the team looked how, they, how successful they were in the 4-4-2 in the diamond and you have to give uh, Jurgen some credit for wanting to look at that uh, because you know I, I mean anyone who listens to the show they know I, I bring it up all the time about Jurgen Klinsmann and his seeming hatred for the 4-4-2 mm-hmm. so the fact that he was willing to use it this time the fact that he was willing to look at it and Give it uh, give it a chance. Uh, I, I think it, it bodes well for his plans for the World Cup And I think maybe it's a realization on his part that they need to put that formation in their arsenal When you think about the fact that you have an Aaron Johansson on your team And he's not really that well suited for a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 he's more he, he can be a 4-4-2 forward uh, and, and uh, Also as we saw Michael Bradley he he fits really well in that in that more advanced role mm-hmm. For the, you know for people not that aware I mean he he's been he's had attacking quality to his game since he was young he actually was a playmaker when he was young much younger before he turned pro and and, and, and obviously people will remember the, the the big goal scoring season he had at Heronvane. vane uh, so he has that quality um, it's just he he's just so good at, at at a variety of things that you almost in the past you couldn't have, you have the luxury of, of keeping him in advance Well, you needed him a little bit deeper to keep things balanced but obviously Now you have other defensive options, defensive midfield options, like Jermaine Jones, like Kyle Beckerman, Maurice Adu. So now you can kind of afford to maybe move him into a more advanced role. And we got a sneak peek of it, Mm -hmm. and I thought he did great. And, uh, you know, one of the things I thought was funny is, you know, there was a lot of talk when he signed with MLS about his form. It's going to dip. He's playing in MLS. It's going to make him a worse player. Uh, and it's like, and I, you know, anyone can look it up in our old shows and I said, you know, settle down with that. This is Michael Bradley. If you really think his form is going to, that he's not going to push himself to the highest possible level uh, and that he's going to lose his form in three or four months of playing in MLS, A, you don't know Michael Bradley, and B, you don't give MLS enough credit. Yep. now when we see what he came out and did, it's clear that MLS is not hurting his quality. It's keeping him at a good level. And uh, I think that's a good sign for the league.
0: I was thinking the same thing when I was driving home uh, to my house. We were doing this show. Is is that just it, it proves all those doubters wrong that coming over to Major League Soccer is it going to be this death sentence for Michael Bradley? But I mean, the one thing that really did impress me with, with his game was his ability to also drop down and help out Kyle Beckerman. But the other thing that really impressed me with the midfield was the team defending and kind of the six second rule that the U.S. employed, where you know they'd swarm the Mexico defenders in the first half. And the other thing that's key to Michael Bradley's success is his vision, his ability to stretch the field to open up plays to move the ball to the other side of the field if they get stuck in a channel he found that package a way to get it to the other side and i I thought his pairing with kyle beckerman Ivis, was was outstanding in this game and and there's always going to be those people that you know kyle beckerman kyle beckerman but look when you have michael bradley and kyle beckerman out there you know what you're going to get versus a wild card pairing of michael bradley and jermaine jones i thought beckerman and bradley i think we could see that in brazil
1: well, here's the thing. It looked great, no doubt about it, but you have to consider the competition and what they were up against. Mexico plays a 5-3-2. They don't have the, the bodies in the middle that you have to deal with against some other opponents. You have to think about the opening game in Brazil. You're going to go up against Ghana. Ghana has some absolute beasts in the midfield, in the central midfield, whether it's Kevin Prince-Boateng, Montari, Andre Ayew. Uh, they have stars in the middle of the park. They have players who can dominate and in midfield. So, are you going to go step in against Ghana and and play a four four two diamond? I think that's a little ambitious. Having said that, there could be
0: opportunities for that to come mm-hmm. in handy. Uh, and well, Jurgen said that after the game that they need to have two to three formations. It's because you know there's going to be injuries. Anything can happen. You might have to make a change on the fly type of situation.
1: Well, I think it's also the opponents. I mean, you're playing three different kinds of teams, and there's also different periods in a game. Uh, you know, let's say you're down. Uh, you're down in a game and you need a goal and you, you, you want to take that chance, get more advanced system out there, then maybe you go from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-4-2. And, and just giving the team more experience playing that system can only help. And it also forces opponents to, to game plan for that. You, you know, when, you, when you're scouting, when you're you know Ghana, Portugal, or, or, or Germany, and you're scouting the U.S., you have to take into account a 4 and say... They could play this, so and I don't think I don't think it's just a smokescreen or anything like that. I think Klinsman really sees the value in it. I think he sees the pieces that are mm-hmm. there, and and one thing I would say is that by him actually being willing to embrace the four four two, it also gives him a little freedom from being completely tied to Josie Altador. Because one thing I'd say is in a four four two, you don't need necessarily need Josie Altador on the field. Uh, I still think he, you know, as much as he's struggling, someone, I still think he's the team's top forward. But if you don't, if you have a four-four-two formation, you can play Aaron Johansson with Clint Dempsey, Aaron Johansson with Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey with Landon Donovan. It, like they, there are these combinations that you can play. If you have, if if you play a four-two-three-one or if you play a four-three-three, you have to have Josie Outlaw as your start, as your target forward.
0: Well, if you play the four, I mean, think about this though: when USA played Bosnia on the road in Europe. U.S. went to a 4-4-2 in the second half, and that's when Josie Altador got all three goals. I mean, you wonder, would he benefit from having a guy like Aaron Johansson next to him or a guy like Clint Dempsey next to him up top in a 4-4-2 formation?
1: Well, you know, that's what I'd like to see, and I've been saying it for I don't know how many shows now that, you know, you, I want to see Johansson and Altador together. And I think the way you do that is playing a 4-4-2. We've said it over and over, mm-hmm. so maybe we'll, we'll see those two, and, and I think, think it would be a good pairing. Uh, again, you have to ask yourself, uh, then what do you, the, the thing is, if you play a 4-4-2 with, with Johansson and Altidore, then what do you do with Dempsey? If you want to play Bradley in an advanced role, where do you put Dempsey? So, I think you want Dempsey close to goal. And I think 4-4-2, you can put him close to goal. So, that's where, again, you kind of, you, you got to figure out all these pieces. It's not as simple as, uh, you know, just throwing 11 guys out there. I still think we're going to see 4-2-3-1 against Ghana, but... I like the fact that Klinsman is embracing the 4 2 and plans to have it as part of their
0: arsenal. Uh, going back to the game, though, some other winners. I thought Matt Beasler looked excellent at center back. I think he is for sure, obviously now the number one. I thought Clint Dempsey. I mean, I mean that goes without saying, but but you know, I, he. I thought he had a good game. I mean, Nick Ramondo, as always, has a good game. He's solid number three for the U.S. Men's National Team. Clint Dempsey was active. Uh, any other players stand out to you in this game, we Well,
1: going back to some of the guys you said. One, I mean, Clint Dempsey, we should talk about because. Uh, I saw some people comment uh, about him and say, oh, he struggled or he didn't do well. Or, he's still struggling. I think some people are getting caught up in this narrative of the slump that he's been in. He was in a slump in 2013. he, And that did carry over some from 2012. All the moves that he's made in the past year and a half, when you think about going to uh, from Fulham to Tottenham, then from Tottenham to MLS and then MLS to Fulham, all, all the moves that he's made, uh, the loan to Fulham. All, all those moves and the timing of them all, I think, have unsettled him and, and, and caused him not to, to find his best level. I think since he's come back from Fulham and, and since the MLS season began, I think we've started to see the old Clint Dempsey. It's starting to come around. You're starting to see him be that active player who causes problems, who gets in the good spots, who sets up teammates, who, who finds chances. We're seeing that in Seattle. And, you know, obviously the, the unfortunate uh, nut-slap suspension cost him two games. <laughs> it cost him the chance to really find a rhythm, but I think he was getting there. And I think in this game, we saw the most active Clint Dempsey that I can remember for the National team. It's been maybe a year, at least a year, well, since we saw Dempsey be
0: that active. you look at the second goal, I mean, he created that chance for that second goal when he dropped down, played it up to Beltran on the wing. I I, I guess for me, I, I guess I may be part of this small selected group where I, I do agree with you. I do think he's getting better, but... but He's just not the same I don't know Maybe I expect I guess that's what what it is People are
1: spoiled Because in 2012 He put on the cape And he carried this team Clint Dempsey carried the US team In 2012 In qualifying Scored every goal they needed Every big goal He was there He was killing it at Fulham You know Setting records at Fulham And people remember that time And that's become the bar For Clint Dempsey That's become like What is expected And and you can't look at that That peak And say if he's not at that level Then he's Then something is wrong He obviously has struggled uh, in the past year year and a half But we are seeing now some of the things that you want to see from him Which is his activity his Mm -hmm. movement the trouble he causes defense I mean he draws fouls like nobody else on the team and say what you want those that matters Getting those kind of set pieces matters and and, and troubling the defense drawing cards. He's getting active He's finding his rhythm, and I think uh, you know one of the things you saw in this 442 Dempsey just like Josie Alcador when, when teammates are moving, when teammates are passing and moving and creating options, creating space, Dempsey is at his best yes. because that's, that, that allows him to do everything he can do. He can't. He's not a guy who's just going to take the ball, dance through five, six people, and score a goal. He needs to, he needs to combine. He needs to, to work with his teammates. And I think that's why, for me, I thought it was a really good game. For Quietly, it was a really good game for Dempsey because we saw him do that. We saw him move around, pass and move and really be lively. And if he's going to play like that and if he's going to keep getting better, I think the goals are
0: going to start coming. Well, you wonder if he had a better partner up top. And, and no offense to Chris Wondolowski, he has three goals this year. I, guess, I mean, he continues to improve. But, I mean, look, if you have Josie outdoor paired with him or Aaron Johansson paired with Clint Dempsey in the World Cup, I mean, he's going to perform much better. But a guy like Wondolowski, I mean, three goals this year, I mean, he keeps putting his name in the conversation for Brazil. Why are you bashing on Chris
1: Wondolowski? Leave the kid alone. All right. I'm, be, I'm being real. I am being real, then, like then, you then, are. That's a statement you don't need to make at this point. We're talking about this game, and then you're saying, "Oh well, if you played with these guys, they would be much better." Let's talk about we, this we already, game. Chris we, Wandowski we, we did talked, we well we
0: for talked already. was in
1: this game. That's fine. No, but I mean, yeah, Chris Wondolowski scoring goals. Like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that he continues to take advantage of every opportunity that comes his way. And it's hard, and you can't ignore that. I mean, say what you want, tap-ins, easy goals, whatever excuse you want to make, the guy gets himself in good spots, he scores goals. And some of the best goal scorers in the world, they just do that. They yep. move well, they put Mar- Miroslav close. How many of Miroslav's goals are highlight real amazing goals? Not you know, not many, but he scores a ton of goals. He's going to end up being the leading, probably, be the leading scorer <laughs> of all time in World Cup history. So, uh, not to say Chris Wondolowski is Miroslav close, but the point is, There is something to be said for a guy who puts himself in good spots, and I think he continues to do that. And for me, he is continuing to put himself in that conversation for the fourth forward spot. And right now, I mean, if the World Cup was tomorrow, if they were naming the rosters tomorrow, you'd have a really good case for Wando Lasky to be on the team.
0: Uh, Since Wando has really come on, think about this, since July of 2013, he scored nine goals for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, I mean, you know, he scored against... South Korea, now against Mexico. So, I mean, some people were saying, oh, you know, he's only scored against Belize. But, hey, he scored against Mexico. And I'll give you that. But I, I think Juan could be a really good guy for this team where you need to go late in a game, in the 80th minute. You can get on because Juan he always seems to find – the one thing about him is, and everyone already knows, his body positioning is the best in the league. He just knows how to position his body and create space for himself. I think a guy like him coming off the bench in the 80th minute at the World Cup – I think he could find space in a goal in front. I
1: agree. I mean, look at just watching with San Jose and, and, and the things that the earthquakes do. He, you know, he knows how to make things happen when the clock's ticking when it's when it when it's getting late in, late in the game. I am by no means saying Chris Juan is going to start on this team. I think your starting forwards are if it's a, if it's a one forward, it's Jose Altador. If it's a four four two, I think it's Altador and Dempsey. Um, maybe Johansson, depending on who's where else you want to put Dempsey. Um, but one to ask you, I agree with you. He's he's showing his quality. Yeah. He's showing that he can give you something. And I know he's not a glamorous pick. I know there's still some people who think he's this lunch pail guy who, who, on the international level, just isn't going to give you anything. And I don't know if we should write him off like that. I mean, this you know, scoring against Mexico in front of sixty thousand. In a in a you know right in a rivalry game I mean give him some credit yes he did score against some pretty small time teams in the Gold Cup say what you want but now he keeps on scoring whether it's South Korea or now Mexico and he, so he's putting himself in that conversation and he he's the for me he's the front runner for the number four
0: and he fit, and he finishes run on the goal I mean we see so many players just give up in the box I mean like I said Wandalowski may not start in Brazil but he might find a way to get on the field late in a game when the U S needs an equalizing goal or a game winning goal so on and so forth. Uh, I was Time to move on and talk about things that were not impressive. Omar Gonzalez. I, first half, passing really lax. Second half, really exposed. Rafael Marquez really owned Omar Gonzalez in the first 20 minutes of the second half. I mean, huge opportunity for him. And, I mean, it's, it's very hard when you look at Omar Gonzalez a player. I mean, when was the last time he had a good game for the U.S. men's national team or even for the L.A. Galaxy? I mean, he's the guy who is really struggling right now.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, he for the national team, uh, it's been a, a pretty, pretty long stretch of games that, that have been shaky or have been outright terrible. And at the, it's getting to a point now where you can't just pencil them in anymore. You have to look at other options. Klinsman, Jürgen Klinsman is definitely looking at other options, whether it's Clarence Goodson, whether it's Jeff Cameron, whether it's moving Maurice Du down from the midfield. like he has to start shaking things up. And I think Goodson and Cameron obviously are the frontrunners to take advantage of that. And that's good. and with with Cameron again, you're it's like uh, this old the old saying where you know you have a you have a blanket that's too short, and if you put if you cover your head, then your feet are cold. If you cover your feet, your head is cold. With Cameron, if you move him from right back, who's your right back? You know, is it Brad Evans? Is it Tony Beltran? Uh, Michael Parkhurst, Parker, who he is the heat? yeah, hey, he he can't. He's looked okay, but you know, is he like guaranteed to give you like a great performance? So, We'll see. I, I think, for me, Omar Gonzalez, if is, 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 the World Cup starts tomorrow, I don't think Eric Clinton was going to start. I, I think he'd have to go with Clarence Goodson.
0: Uh, well, I don't even think Clarence Goodson had it. I, I thought Clarence Goodson was slow in the second half.
1: I thought he did all right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, like, we know how you are with defenders. You think all defenders are terrible. It's all good.
0: No, that is no. That's, That is not true. I just gave Matt Fiesa praise.
1: yeah. Well, look. I I would say like this, now, and I've talked about this. I, I, I think I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but with Jeff Cameron, a lot of people talk about Jeff Cameron and moving him to the center back. My thing is this: he's a player who needs uh, a a good solid amount of time in a position to be comfortable there. I mean, I've, we've seen him in, throughout his career get moved around, get shifted around, and I think you know we've seen in the past that sometimes he struggles because of that. He struggles to adjust. Like, he can do certain things at a variety of positions. But if you – center back is the one position where you, you, make, you make a mistake, you can play great for 89 minutes, you make a mistake, and you're a GOAT. Now, funny enough, uh, after the – you know, I was down in Philly, after the Philly-Montreal game, um, a cugo, the guy outstanding, playing mm-hmm. great, playing, you know, top-notch game. You, you know, he's, he could be in contention for, for Team of the Week best 11 all that and then he gives up a goal to market divide gives him too much space boom and then after the game you know talking Mo, oh, he's, you know he said the same thing he's like you know stay by center back you know you make one mistake and and that's your game and you know i think with jeff cameron he you know, say what you want he can do some special things at center back but it is a it's really presumptuous to to think that you, you take him out of a position that he's played for a year and a half is uh, you know gonna go on two years now at stoke city and moving the right back, which he's barely played in two years, and think he's not going to make mistakes. Jeff Cameron can make mistakes. Jeff, if, if you followed him through his career, he can very easily make mistakes. So, from that standpoint, that's where maybe a Clarence Goodson—he's—he's a, he's a more—he has less of an upside than these other guys, but he's also more consistent. So that's where you have to ask
0: yourself. It's—it's it's, with him. It's low risk, low reward. Well, with that's Clarence the Pick like
1: your poison. It's the World Cup. You're going up against teams that are absolutely stacked and will score on any kind of half chance you give them. So that, that's going to be the question. Well, Can Jurgen Klinsman get Jeff Cameron uh, ready to play center back in a two-week training camp, in a couple of friendlies? That's, the, that's going to be the tricky part. I don't know if you can do it. Well,
0: maybe I'm being... I mean, the other thing is what I was kind of surprised was when, when Clarence Goodson came on. I mean, he came on for Matt Beisler. I would have loved to see Matt Beisler and Clarence Goodson together because, I mean, Matt Beisler can be more of the lockdown center back and Goodson, who we've seen has a great ability to distribute the ball, move the ball around. I mean, much better passer than Omar Gonzalez. So you wonder, maybe it was Goodson had a little bit of an issue with Omar Gonzalez back there. I mean, I would love to see the Beisler... Clarence Goodson situation, right? I
1: think most people would. I mean, I, I think for me, Jurgen Klinsmann, you're, he doesn't do things by accident. And clearly, if you if you're looking at that game, he, he doesn't want to pull Morgan's Gonzalez from that game nope. because he doesn't want one of his confidence. Nope. he has, you know, you get into those situations where the, you got to let him sink or swim. You got to let him fight through it, and 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 he had to do that. Um, so you know, I think are we going to see Goodson be uh, uh, Goodson Beasler? Of course, I think I think we will see it. I yeah. think I'm pretty sure that was the Gold Cup uh, Gold Cup final. Uh, tandem, so they've played. I'm pretty sure. So they they've played together. Uh, we've seen them look good together. So that's why I tell you what. I think we could see him there, unless Cameron shows that he can be a mis- like a guy who's not going to necessarily make, make mistakes. Because again, I, I want to remind people, it's easy to fall in love with 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 the things that Cameron does at Stoke City. He's having a great year at right back. Uh, but again, folks, it's not easy to just jump back to a position you haven't played, especially a position where. One mistake can mean everything.
0: The uh, Concacaf Gold Cup final, I guess you were right. Clarence Goodson and Matt Beasler, Right back was Michael Parker's Left back was Demarcus Beasley. There you go. That could they, be,
1: they, they won the chip. They won they, it, baby. They could be. That could be your World Cup uh, starting lineup, which would be, which would be pretty interesting.
0: Kyle Beckerman is the holding mid. Uh, we, we don't need to talk about that. As far as other guys who who had a little bit of a under underperforming. Performance, Horrible words saying that. Uh, I, I thought Brad Davis, man, he did at two games in a row, Ivis, where he has not looked good.
1: He got his chance. And I know a lot of people were really surprised when uh, the lineups came out and Landon Donovan wasn't in the starting lineup. And then, of course, the conspiracy theory started <laughs> to fly. Jurgen and Landon had a fight. I mean, I don't know if anyone thought that. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff people assume, right? Because Landon Donovan, how in the world can he not be in the lineup? After the match, been pointed out that, that you know, Landon didn't look like he was training well. Landon revealed he had an issue with his knee.
0: Well, it showed in the game, too. Landon did... Right. I he thought he
1: was, had I mean, he's got a lot of miles I on, know. His, on those wheels. So he's a player that when he's not 100%, he, it, it shows. He's not a guy who at 70, 75% is going to give you this outstanding performance. He You see it when he's not at 100%. So... You know what, Eurie Klinsman, he made the call. He, decided, he, he, went, he wanted to give Brad Davis an opportunity. And I just don't think Brad Davis took it. I just think he, what for, for is the second straight game now, counting the South Korea game, unforced turnovers. And, and, and the crazy thing for me is, like, when I watch Brad Davis in MLS, you just don't see those things. Yeah. You don't see him commit the kind of turnovers, the kind of unforced turnovers, the kind of sloppy passes. Well, he
0: had like I think he had five. I kind of like almost five backheel passes in this game on the wing, and he didn't connect one. And I'm I'm sitting there being like, what, what are you doing with these backheel passes when everyone else is knocking the ball around very quickly? I mean, he I, maybe it was he was trying to do too much and look for that final break, but it was his performance was it was very confusing, very confusing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, for for me, I just don't based on the South Korea game and now this Mexico game. I just don't see how you bring him. I know that, I know, hey, look, can he give you some service on set pieces, corner kicks, uh, with that left foot of his? Sure, he definitely could, but I just, I don't know if he's someone you can necessarily put on the field, I I mean, not with committing these uncharacteristic turnovers that he's committed, so uh, you know what, for me, I think his stock's down. Um, And again, for the people who want Julian Green on the team, uh, Brad Davis not taking advantage, keeps things open keeps things interesting and guess what Garrett we finally got to see Julian Green people have finally been able to see him play which
0: today um what I saw was Mexico shutting him down within seconds anytime he touched the ball but I I think he showed flashes I mean he earned that PK I mean things like that that, huge I mean earning a PK I'm sorry he didn't earn a PK but but you know he drew a potential PK in the box but I mean for me it really looked like Mexico did not want to give him a chance. I mean, you saw any time he touched the ball, I mean, you saw three Mexico defenders on him within seconds. But I think overall, though, there were times when when I did see some potential. I did see some flashes. But the sample size was small, and I think that that before we rush to, oh, you know, he didn't have a good game, when and, you know, this guy, you know, all the hype, it's a joke and all that. He's 18 years old. He had one performance. I'd love to see him again, Ivis. But I think, you know, when you look at everything, I think you can – draws more positives than negatives from his performance in, in, against Mexico.
1: Yeah, I mean, some people are a little out of control, right? I mean, you already have people like, oh, he's overrated, he's overhyped, he's this and that. Now, is, is, was there a lot of hype? Absolutely. There was uh, – it, it just there, the There's people. always
0: going to be. There's always going to be hype for these young guys. Well, even more so with a kid that people just
1: hadn't seen. Because, I mean, a lot of times in the past when you're seeing that, whether it's Josie Opson or Eddie Johnson, one I these are guys that people are getting to see, you know, for their club teams. Yep. Uh, for the youth national team, so there is a, some frame of reference. Julian Green was like a urban legend; he was like this myth, like that, just you know, like Paul Bunyan. Like, and didn't know about <laughs> him, He's just greater, greater than life, like larger than life. And now people got to see him, and, and people, a lot, a lot of people came in with these expectations, like he was going to walk on the field and and be I don't know what, be this, un, be, be the you know the German American Christian know. which isn't, which
0: is I can only think of one player at that age who's come on and really lit it up. Landon Donovan, the only guy. That really, well, really came on the scene. He
1: didn't play until was twenty, So, I mean, even 18, like, you
0: know. Well, was, I mean, as a young guy coming on and really right. delivering. You might, well, I mean, Michael Owen,
1: you could, if you just want to talk about an 18-year-old. Well, yeah, yeah, Owens, yeah, yeah. You know, for England was, was one of those rare, rare players. But, but, see, but it's rare to
0: have a guy come on at 18 and light up the world. It, right. It's just, it's the expectations sometimes of people are insane.
1: He showed some moments. And, and, and it's funny that you mentioned the thing about Mexico. Because it's as if the coach or the team or whoever, when they were putting the scouting report out, they saw Julian Green Bayern yeah. Munich, and they said, "Listen, everybody, this kid is from Bayern Munich. Don't give him an inch of space." And and every time he got the ball, or especially early on, All three people shadowing him. So that's a tough one, right? You're you're in your first game, you're playing your first cap, sixty thousand, you know, mostly Mexican fans, uh, hostile environment, uh, and then you have triple teams, yeah. and so. So for him to kind of, you know, so he was he nervous? Yes. Did he have a couple turnovers? Yes. Did he look a little, uh, you know, in over his head at a certain point? Sure. But he then settled down, had some nice moments, went at them, mm-hmm. drew what, you know, he, it looked like he could have drawn definitely drawn a penalty. And he showed some flashes. He definitely showed he's got some wheels. You see the, 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 uh, the knowledge on his part as far as trying to combine. And it's going to take time. And as Michael Bradley said after the match, this first game, as much as anything, was just to get it out of the way, just so you, yeah. the, the, the whole uh, the aura of the first cap, the the anxiety of not knowing what the experience is like. Not only did Julian Green get, get that out of the way, he got it out of the way in in like this unbelievable atmosphere. So the next time he plays, it's not going to be that that intimidating for him. So uh, I I think people who are all you know the people who are already doing the whole ah he's he, he's, he's not he's not going to be anything. He's definitely not going to be in the World Cup. He's not that good. Those people are, I mean, I'm sorry, you're jumping the gun a little bit. I'm not saying the guy's a world beater, but the kid showed some things. And it's not just your, and I know some people were like, hey, Jurgen Klinsman recruited him. Jurgen Klinsmann is going to talk him up, right? That's his, his prize, prize possession. He's a prize prospect. He's going to talk him up. But it's not just Klinsman. I mean, team players, like everybody I talked to after the game, asking about Julian Green. They all had positive things to say. Michael Bradley, positive. Listen, Michael Bradley does not compliment players if he doesn't believe what he's saying. And he had positive things to say. He also pointed out that look, the kid's 18. People should temper expectations because he is a kid. Having said that, the kid that has quality uh so uh, if you're writing him off already like well, you, that's a little premature
0: well, well the one thing that one-on-one situations i thought he looked good but but the problem is mexico every time he go down the wing they'd pinch him in and, and keep him there and, and that's what kind of really deterred what what could have been out of him um but uh before we move on ivis and talk other things quickly though as far as guys who came off the bench we talked about this huge opportunity for a lot of guys. I thought Maurice Hedoux looked really good in his performance. He did,
1: absolutely. He played really well. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a tough one for Jurgen Princeton to make a decision on uh, when you talk about that midfield and who he brings. Because, I mean, you figure Jermaine Jones healthy is going to make it. Yes, Kyle Breckerman's is going to make it. Uh, Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley obviously is going to make it. And then, you know, Mix Diskarud seems like he'll make it. He's a bit more of an attacking guy. But if Michael Bradley, you're going to make him that, you know... Number 10, number 8, more advanced player, then who knows? Maybe you can have an extra spot in there for Maurice to do. So, I mean, as we know, the guy's versatile as well. He can potentially give you depth at center back. It's, it's it's I don't know. It- I like Maurice to do as an option for the World
0: Cup. And Maurice Adieu showing that he can play as a number eight. Look what he's doing for the Philadelphia Union. He's playing more of a box-to-box as Brian Carroll holds. I mean, Maurice Sedu kind of showing that ability that he can get up the pitch too. I think having that versatility, we talked about him the game, being able to play center back, being able to attack, being able to play number six, I think that helps him out a lot. I don't
1: know if he's an eight. Uh, he, I don't think that's what he does at Philly. I think it's a double six. I think they have Maidana, Nogueira, and Latou in like the 4-2-3-1 uh in philly uh but yeah they do can get forward but he's not really like no, no i'm saying but he can't he
0: shows i'm not saying for 90 minutes but i'm saying he can he shows that he can move up the field he's playing well
1: i'll i'll get i'll say that i won't say the guy's becoming you know attack i'm an attack minded option he can pass sure he can be you
0: know he, he can't shoot that left footed shot was uh he, yeah. was, he, was, he was he was he was joking yeah, about, the less, about the, the less said about that <laughs> shot the better
1: but the point, at the end of the day, he is looking really good. And, you know, there were a lot of other names in the conversation. Danny Williams, for example, who is playing well in England. But Maurice Sedu, man, the way he's looking in MLS and now in this cameo, the pressure's on. If anything happens to Jermaine Jones, if there's an injury, you know, knock on wood, doesn't happen with any of these guys. But if a Jermaine Jones goes down, if Kyle Breckman goes down, uh, and even if those guys don't go down, uh, if Jurgen Klinsman looks, and, looks at Maurice Sedu and says, you know, he, 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 I can put him on the field in the midfield if we need him. I can play him at center back potentially if we need yes. him. Yes. I like that versatility. I am bringing him to Brazil. Again, that's going to be decided in that camp. I think he's going to have a chance to look at it in the camp. And if do keeps up, if he keeps playing at the level he's been playing now lately, these past few weeks, I re- I'm liking his chances more and more of making that team. I
0: thought you were going to do a Jurgen Klinsmann voice right there.
1: Uh, I got to, I, yeah. I got. I, I need a script to, to, to just rattle He's a
0: Maurice Du is a pure giver. That's that's pretty. I like that. That's good. Yeah, I, I will say, doing doing this show live with you in person is a lot more entertaining because watching your facial reactions is just it's just too funny. <laughs>
1: I'll, uh, I'll I'll keep from uh, for, for yeah for all the people who complain about the abuse quote unquote abuse that I get. I was just so mean to me. I, I I am not mean to him. I have not punched him or, or smacked him. and, and just because I have my belt on the table ready to you know, you know, beat him up. Just listen, folks, me and Garrett, you're all great, and uh, we're having a good time. And it's been great to be out here. Uh, so that's why I, I, I'm making the push now, Garrett to NYC. I'm making the push to, to get him to move out there and uh, you know, to help spark that career. His.
0: I know there's there's one MLS club out there that I could work for. Potential it, new MLS club I could work for. One is on the way. I'm just saying. Yeah, look, they, hey, they, it, look, they need someone to work for their academy team. I could do Hey, that. look
1: what I, look what it did for uh, you know Franco Panizo, who's living in Florida, and I, I told him to move up to to up to the Big Apple, up to the New York area, and now he's uh, he's coming along. He's coming into his own as a writer, and uh, maybe that could be you, man. You could be on TV. He well, could without be, without
0: struggling, yeah. See, I do want to be on TV. I was told I was handsome at our party, so. Uh, it's a very nice compliment I got, so I do. I, I think this face needs to be on TV more. I'm, t- I'm too good looking for this radio show. Uh,
1: yeah, you're also five two, so that's probably you Yeah, got you know,
0: your... that's the one thing I realized from this week. I am really short, and everyone's yeah. really tall. <laughs> like, and, and those are media people. Like, I, I, you know, Grant Wall, you know, Lexi, who, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Carlisle. I mean, I am really short. Like, everyone's so much taller than me.
1: It's a, yeah, it's a tall man's game. Yeah, but, you know, you could always wear heels or something. <laughs> Some platform shoes. I don't know. We'll, well,
0: we'll see, figure. It thing out. Is I, see, but I can like sneak in and get you know my, my recorder up there. See, that's the thing. Being small, I can find those pockets. You know, between all the giants.
1: <laughs> but I'm really short. At least until you hit the big time and you're on the TV uh, on the TV screen and you don't have to
0: worry about it. Yeah, it's true. See, that, that's 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 the idea. I was, um No, but Ivis. I will give you this without without, without Struggling to with go too much. Ivis does look out for young bucks like me and. Got to put, As some guy wrote in the comments, you got to put me in my place every once in a while. <laughs> my name's not Jared, by the way, either. It's Garrett. God, I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, Jared. <laughs> uh, all right, Ivys. Enough, enough U.S. Men's National Team talk. Um, the one thing from this is uh, Jurgen Klinsmann will name his camp around mid-May, so kind of expect that. And he said he's going to bring in more than 23 guys. So Yeah, that was always going to be. Yeah. I mean,
1: it, it, you want to look at some of these guys. You want to bring them in. Have them compete. Have them battle. Have them earn... These players have to earn this box. They have to <laughs> fight hard, more over and over. So, you know, th- th- this is th- you're going to have that, right? So, it's going to be great to see what the, what the final group is. But I think a lot of these guys have moved that step closer to at least making that group. And again, some guys we didn't even talk about. Hey, DeAndre Ellen, I tell you what, man. He, I see when you see him with the ball, bombing down the wing. Yep. He looks the part. He looks the part as like in an international level. Uh, with uh, fullback with the speed, obviously he has a lot. He has things to learn. He has he has he doesn't have that experience yet, and that's why Jurgen Klinsmann started Tony Beltran. Beltran has caps under his belt, has started a game before he started a Gold Cup game. He, he's he had a couple of starts under his belt, so you you know you, it, it, it might have been a little presum you know premature, a little presumptuous to think that he that Jurgen Klinsmann would stick DeAndre Edlin in against Mexico for his first career national team start. But I tell you what, when he came on, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good And you know what Is it um, Is he going to make The World Cup team Probably not I'd say he's a long shot But The the future's pretty bright I gotta tell you As he gets better As he learns his position As he understands The art of defending A little more He's going to be A quality quality player
0: I like that, the art of defending. Very well said, Ivis. There you go. All right. Well, we've talked U.S. Men's National Team for thirty minutes. We need to move over and talk Major League Soccer. It's Week Five, happening on Saturday. It's rivalry weekend, to Ivis. The first game we're going to talk about is uh, your city, Portland, taking on Seattle Sounders. Uh, it's a little bit of an interesting one, Ivis. Both teams come in with a loss. Seattle will have Clint Dempsey back in this game. But just kind of both teams, I mean, Portland really off to this really just slow start, and they looked horrible last week. Seattle's kind of been up and down. I mean, this is kind of really interesting. when, when you ha- I mean, when you had this game circled at the beginning of the season, you must have been thinking, hey, you could have been seeing two teams off to hot red starts. But right now, Ivis, man, they're not looking good.
1: Right. I mean, they, it's clear they, they've, they've got some issues they need to work out. Caleb Porter needs to sort these things out. But as we pointed out last show, I believe, they're oh they they have the same record they had last year at four games in. I think the the difference is you would like to think that this team was going to be a step closer to, to to improving and and improving on last year, and maybe it was maybe it was a little ambitious to to expect them to hit the ground running and to ha- play at the high level they set last year right off the bat this year without when when reality is there were some changes that they went through. Rodney Wallace is injured they miss I think they miss his dynamism on the left wing Um, And then Valeri in the second year he he hasn't quite gotten going yet Dawson Nagby hasn't quite gotten going yet So it's it's a flat start as a group Um, But it's early still it's early still I think Caleb Porter it's it's a good test for Caleb Porter to show once again That to show his quality as a coach He needs to figure these things out he needs to figure out how to get more more depth, more width, and we're not seeing that. We're seeing a really, really kind of narrow team. Valeri, Nagmi, they're all kind of racing centrally because there's not uh, there's not much going on wide for them. And I think they get they get they're becoming a little predictable. So I, I'm pretty sure Caleb Porter uh, sees that, and I'm pretty sure he he's going to try to figure out. Uh, the best way to combat that uh, and, and you know there's no easy answers
0: Well Triori is not going to be playing in this game So I mean you wonder if this is a really good Opportunity for Portland's Offense to really take advantage of You know and Chad Marshall I, I think he's off To a great start for the Seattle Sounders this year But you wondering I mean Portland just They need something is this the game Ivis that their attack can finally Get going in it's hard. I mean it's going to be hard With Alonzo in the middle just to, I mean, Alonzo is also off to a fantastic start this year too
1: He's been great uh, Portland's at home. They're tough at home. So, you know, I think they'll, uh, I do think they'll get off the, off the mark here. Although, look, Clint Dempsey will be there. He, uh, even though he did start, uh, in the Mexico game, and played quite a few minutes. Uh, and you wonder what, uh, Siggy Schmidt's gonna do as far as that goes. Will he, will he bring him right in? Uh, we, we don't know. I don't think we know yet what Brad Evans' situation is. Is he gonna play? Is he not gonna play?
0: If they don't have priority they do not have like, like you look to me, like I know it's well, like I, mean, I, I know all things Brad. Did you keep
1: like a personal Brad Evans blog? I thought that was, you know, that's not part of the AC kicks network. I thought that's oh, something I um, would No, but you know what? Look, what, that You're so,
0: you've, that's like you've been bringing it up like all week, like how sad I've been and all that. <laughs> sad Garrett. Get well, Brad. Hashtag get well, Brad. Um, love, love Garrett. Yeah. exactly. So. Uh, <laughs>
1: Uh yeah no I think Portland they're at home I, you know I, they usually do well against Seattle at home and I think I think they'll do it I think that I think the crowd that crowd in Portland gives them the energy and as much as they've had some flat starts some bad starts I think they're gonna f- come out firing and I think they're gonna win the, it's not gonna be a blowout by any means but I think they're gonna win that game I think it's gonna be two one 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 zero
0: Real Salt Lake Ivis will be taking on Sporting Kansas City a rematch of the uh, what. Oh no! Just talking about MLS Cup, it, it, I feel cold. I feel oh, I'm that's, that's what you're doing. I was wondering, like you were like having like a spasm over here. I was a little, no, I was no. A little concerned. No, I was just
1: having flashbacks of my of not being able to feel my toes uh, in Kansas City last. Yeah, year. You remember, horrible. you could barely walk. It was I, so cold.
0: I lasted. I lasted outside for 75 minutes, probably to go in and get warm. Um, yeah. Which I was I was proud of myself for that. Uh, yeah, the game's going to be in Sporting Park. I was also like coming off a huge victory over Toronto FC. Um, it just completely dominated them. And for Sporting Kansas City, I, guess, I mean, they also had a good game last week defeating Colorado 3-2, really got their scoring going. Even though the Colorado made a couple mistakes, we don't need to go into those, Ivis, without you killing me for that. But uh, this is going to be an interesting one, man. I mean, can Sporting Kansas City keep it up with the scoring? We've talked about all year. That's been an issue for them. But, I mean, Real Salt Lake, they are off to a fantastic start right now. And you just, I mean, I, you might have to go with RSL in this game.
1: Oh, uh, Garrett, Garrett. Uh, you know what, you always have to look at where you know, where is the game being played. Um the streaks end pretty quickly in MLS. Um RSL had you know, Ramondo, Beckerman,
0: Tony Beltran. Tony
1: Beltran start on Wednesday. They're gonna be tired. And yes I know, Graham Zusiah might be also played. But I think for me Beckerman because Beckerman is so key to what RSL does, it's gonna be tough for him. It's going and I and I have seen him. Come off of midweek national team games and then struggle for him struggle in weekend games. Like he still will play at a decent level, but it won't be his peak level because he just doesn't have that you know that fitness level uh, to to give you two strong 90s. And I think from that standpoint, I think I think Sporting Kansas City will have that that advantage. And you can say, oh well, maybe Zusi will be tired too. But Beckerman, for what he means to that midfield, I think it's going to hurt Ke- uh, hurt Salt Lake. I think KC gained some confidence from that win against Colorado. Dom Dwyer, he scored. He scored the, the great goal. And yes, Alexi, I still say it was a great goal because uh, Alexi, Alexi <laughs> Lalas uh, was down here in Phoenix, and he, uh, you know, he took a break from his uh, his ginger magnification device uh, slash big orange umbrella to, to to point out that he didn't agree that it was a Dom Dwyer's winner was a Golazo. I thought it was Golazo, but the point is, Dom Dwyer, he's out to prove something, and he's got a couple goals now. I think he wants to show that he is a legit goal scorer that he's a guy who can carry an attack. And if he is going to keep playing at that level, if he's going to start really being someone you can depend on, all of a sudden KC they could be real trouble. And I think you know what? I think at home, I think they'll get it done. I think RSL it's going to be a tight one. I'm going to go 1-0 KC. Aurelian Colin with a header.
0: Uh, I don't I don't want to make predictions anymore. I've decided. That's my new MO for the rest I of the season. I noticed it. I I'm know. not doing any more predictions. Uh, another rivalry game this one happening Down in Texas in the 51st state. Uh, FC Dallas, I was taking on Houston Dynamo. This is an interesting one. Uh, I mean, Houston really did not look good on the road last week against Vancouver. And Dallas, I mean, how good did they look against Portland last week? Dallas is playing at an excellent level right now. Acosta uh, had a great game last week. Uh, Mauro Diaz, once again, had another great game. Blast press. I mean, FC da- everything's working out for FC Dallas in this game. What can Houston do to stop this, this train of momentum that a- FC Dallas is on?
1: I think Houston's going to just have to do what they do at home, which is play well defensively uh, and really stifle opponents. And I think they're going to be able to do that. I think, look, Dallas is playing well. Mauro Diaz is playing out of his mind. Uh, he won MLS Player of the Month. Uh, the league award, we obviously SBI, we gave it to Federico Higuain You, you can go either way. Uh, Diaz was right there. It was uh, it, for me, it was kind of a coin flip between the two. Diaz is playing at a high level, uh, and then now if you're Houston, uh, you know you need Ricardo Clark. You need you need to shut Moro Diaz down. He is the key to what FC Dallas does. And you know what? I think Houston can do that. I think Houston at home, they can make things ugly. They can they can beat you up, uh, and I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're they're going to take the outside of that comfort zone. Uh, and look, obviously this is a rivalry game, you know, the you know the, the battle for Texas and all that. But I think Houston, coming off that loss, I think Dom Kinnear is going to have his team ready, and I, I think I think it'll be a great game. Yep. But I got to give Houston the edge. I'm going to go Houston one nil. Uh, I think they're going to be able to contain uh, Dallas's attack. And listen, if I'm wrong, if Dallas's attack puts up a number on Houston, if they put put up two plus goals on Houston, then that's a head turner for me. Because I mean, look, you know, Portland last you know, yesterday, uh, last week. You know, Portland's obviously going through their issues. You had the double red card situation, which was ridiculous, and it actually got rescinded now. The, the Michael Harrington, uh, who was the other player? Was it uh, Javon
0: Watson? Uh, yeah, Javon Watson, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, the double red cards, that definitely changed the game. Uh, and it was 2-1. You know, Dallas won 2-1. It wasn't like they, they blew out Portland. But I think Houston at home is a different animal. And I think Dallas having to go on the road it's a little bit of a different thing for them. So, for me, i got to go Houston.
0: Uh, over in L.A., Galaxy taking on Chivas USA. This is, uh, since they both play in the same stadium, they'll be in the same stadium. So, whole field advantage uh, really doesn't matter in this one, Ivis. But uh, this is an interesting one because, I mean, Galaxy not off to the greatest start, but I-, I think this is a really good opportunity for a guy like Robbie Keane to get going against Chivas USA's back line. I mean, Carlos Bogagher, know what he is, but, I mean, Chivas USA trotted Eric Zavaleta out there, a guy they got on loan. I, I thought he looked good, but, I mean, maybe this is a game that, Robbie Keane can really feast off a young guy at center back
1: well I mean I'm not sure if Zavaleta is going to start again I, I think from what, I, from what I've been told what my sources tell me Andrew Jean-Baptiste was dealing with some kind of injury uh, which is why he wasn't played and why Eric Zabaleta was played if, if Andrew Jean-Baptiste can be healthy and get back on the field you know I think that'll help I think that'll help Cheapis I think that'll help them deal with Robbie Keane but look Robbie Keane is so tough to handle best you can argue best player in the league best attacking player in the league you can make all sorts of arguments for that. So for me, Chivas' defense, uh, I think it's—I still think it's a bit vulnerable. Uh, and it, again, it's going to come down to what, what's Landon Donovan have. What's he going to be able to do if, if he is not there? If, he, if he's not—if he doesn't play, or if he plays and he's not 100 percent, he looks a little off because of the knee issue that he's dealing with. Uh, it'll be a closer game, I think. Without Landon Donovan, without him being at his dynamic best, I think LA struggles. I think it's you know the. They need him to kind of stir, you know, to be the star, the star, the straw that stirs the drink. So, all those things. So, you know what, Chivas, Chivas I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be uh, a better Chivas LA game than we've seen in a while. I think this Chivas team is legit. I think it, it, it's a better team. I'm not saying playoff team, but a clearly, clearly better team than they've had in a couple of years now. So, it's going it's to be competitive. But Obviously, you guys, you still got to go LA. I'll
0: go LA 2-1. Yeah, well, I'm discrediting... Uh... <coughs> Uh, Chivas USA on this. I mean, Omar Gonzalez is back for the LA Galaxy, and with his shaky performances and, and how Chivas USA has been playing with their attack of, you know, Thomas McNamara, Eric Torres. I mean, Chivas USA, Ivis. I mean, Rosales, I mean, Chivas USA's man attack has looked, it uh, looks pretty good. I mean, they went in and they gave New York all their money, except New York really didn't have a good game. But that's, those are just details, Ivis. Details. Uh, DC taking on New England Revolution. Uh, you know, both teams, Ivis. Their midfields are still trying to find an identity. I mean, who, who, who has the better one in this game? I mean, this is kind of a, a really tough game to look at.
1: <laughs> the movable force against the movable yeah. object. I don't know. No, kidding aside. No, I, I, DC, man, they're, they're, it's still tough to figure out like what they're going to do, what, 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 the, what the plan is there. I think the Wayland obviously coming off that big win in San Jose, I think that's a momentum builder. I think that is the kind of thing that sparks them, gets them going, gives them some belief back that they lost in the early game. And you know, obviously, I know they've you know they had oh, they've had these early season issues, whether it's injuries or Jose Gonzalez, all that stuff. I think it, I think they've tried to put that stuff behind them. I think they've gotten healthier, and now they're going to face a DC team that still hasn't figured things out. And I I I don't know. I just I got go to go New England. I think New England. Is going gonna, is, is gonna get, to get the job done and, and start mm-hmm. to get the ball rolling and start to maybe take a step closer to being the team that so many people thought they'd be when the season began.
0: Well, you know, New England's also had, you know, when you, when you look at their games, I, I mean, you, for New England, think about this. Houston Dynamo, stingy defense, right? Then you take on Philadelphia Union vastly play, improved defense they well, really well. take on vancouver whitecaps who have a, i mean their defense may not be there but they have a lot of quality in the attack though a very tough team to play against and then new england has to take on san jose on the road it's not like new england's schedule has been easy i mean they've been playing very tough defenses maybe this is the game that new england can finally really feast on an opponent that is just you know just a de- i mean dead weight in the water you know so i'll go with you i will agree new england on the road i think we'll take care of dc some other quick games Montreal taking on the New York Red Bulls. I, I mean, look, I, I think this is a great opportunity, Ivis, for Montreal to get the first one of the season. Uh,
1: I'll tell you what, I think they will. Yeah, funny enough, I saw both these teams play last week. And, you know, Montreal didn't look great against Philly, but it, it, it showed us once again how important Marco Debyeo is. And, you know, he, he had chance after chance, and he kept missing them early on. He obviously wasn't sharp. It's his first game of the season. But then he found that chance at the end and he got him the equalizer. And I think they gained confidence from that road point in Philly. They play a Red Bulls team that has not started well, came out flat. Mike Pecky was absolutely irate uh, after their game, even though they got a late draw. They got a late draw, but Pecky was not happy because he knows the reality. The reality is they haven't played well. Now they have to go to Montreal. They're not going to have Henri, as far as I know. They're not going to have Hamas and Olave. And
0: Marco DeVio is back from Montreal. They're
1: not going to have Tim Cahill. So all of a sudden. Red, look, the Red Bulls, without their top three stars, without their top three players, which I think most people would agree, Henri Cahill, Olave, they're top three players. Without those three guys, this is not a good team. And, and yes, you could say that about any team in the league. Any team in the league, you take the top three guys in MLS, you take the top three guys off of Any team in the league, they're going to struggle. I mean, some teams would do better than others. I think RSL has some good depth. I think KC has some good depth. Uh, there are some teams who have that depth that they can deal with that. New York's not that team. New York's not that team by any means. Their bench is weak. Their bench is not com- – they don't have guys coming off the bench that are giving them anything close to what the missing players are going to give. So I think they're going to go up there. They're going to struggle. I think Montreal could put up a number. I think we could see 2-0. Marco DeVaio, you know, with Noah Lave. We saw what happened with Noah Lave against Vancouver. They put up a four spot. So
0: – Yeah.
1: I'm going to go Montreal. I think Montreal
0: puts up. I think I think we'll see 2-0 Montreal. Uh, two more quick games. Vancouver hosting Colorado Rapids. This is another, I mean, this is going to be exciting. In what I've used. I mean, last year we, we we talked about, I mean, these two teams with the amount of talent, young talent that they have. I mean, Vancouver, they looked good last week with a change of formation against Houston Dynamo. I mean, Vancouver's, I mean, as much as we're kind of, you know, they've, they've had their blessed and stellar performances for Vancouver. I mean, they're undefeated to start the season. Colorado is is starting to look a little bit better, you know, uh, over the last couple of games. So, I mean, this one, this is another tough game to look at.
1: I don't know. I, I'll go Vancouver. I mean, I think it's you know, uh, Vancouver.
0: See, you agree, man. It's, it's, they're at home, but it's it's this is a game, man. No, Where no, no, no.
1: I'll, I'll, no. I'm going Vancouver. I'm just falling asleep. <laughs> My flight's coming shortly. Uh, I'm, I'm hitting the wall. I think. I think this last
0: few days is just. That's what she said to the later half of the thing you just said.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a reach. Alright, look, uh, yeah, Pedro Morales playing really well. Uh, Kenny Miller's putting in the goals. Darren Maddox, you know, showing good signs. I think Vancouver at home, get the job done. Uh, Colorado still figuring some things out, figuring out who they are as a team, who their best options are. Uh, Pablo Mas- Pablo Mastroianni has so many pieces there to work with. Uh, it's hard to see me going. Uh, it's hard for me to see them going up to Canada getting a win. I'm going to go Vancouver with a win.
0: Uh, final game of the weekend. I have is Columbus Crew hosting Toronto FC. I'm going to go with Columbus in this game.
1: Yeah, you know it's funny. We, we say this ended up being the last game, but it's 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 one of the better games. It's actually you know with Columbus undefeated, the only perfect team in the league right now, three zero, um, playing really well, coming off that big last second win against Seattle. They're coming in conf- with a, with a wave of confidence and. Jermaine Jermaine Defoe's injured, he's out. Stephen Caldwell, Toronto FC's captain, is suspended, he's out. So, you know, I kind of made the point uh, on Twitter. I I joked on Twitter that, you know, uh, Columbus is leading a charmed life because they didn't have to face Clint Dempsey because he was suspended. Now they play Toronto. They don't have to face Jermaine Defoe. They don't have to play Stephen Caldwell. Again... They had nothing to do with that, so you don't want to like take cre- too much credit away from them. You want to give them credit. Well,
0: you, you, you still have to beat the person that's in, in front of you. It's not it's not an easy task because those guys don't want to lose, right?
1: I mean, you still have to give them credit, uh, but and so without Defoe, without Caldwell, TFC's looking pretty vulnerable to me. I'm gonna go Columbus. Uh, you know
0: what? I know. Yeah, you're gonna go with Columbus because look, the one thing Michael Parker said is just how well. I you mean, know, after the game, was thinking, you know, he talked a little bit about just how well. You know, Columbus is playing right now, you know, with Will Trapp. You know, he's kind of playing as that holding mid for them and how Columbus is moving the ball around. I'm not saying that Columbus is RSL, but Columbus is, is is you know, they're they're playing at a high level right now. They're able to move the ball around, and that's the one thing that Toronto's really struggled against. I mean, they play teams that turn over the ball and allow Toronto to counter. As long as Columbus can prevent that Toronto counter, I, I, think, I think Columbus is going to be fine.
1: Uh, I want to see what Jonathan Osorio's status is because, uh, let's see, we're looking at the injury report right now. And Toronto FC, of course, they're the last team on the list. Let's see. Jonathan Osorio is questionable with hamstring tightness. If Osorio doesn't play, I think the crew are going to win. If Osorio does play, Mm -hmm. and he allows Michael Bradley the freedom to really go at Columbus, uh, I mean, let's look. The Bradley trap uh, battle is going to be a fun one to watch. Yep. Um, I would like Toronto to get a point. I think with Osorio healthy, I think they get a draw. Reckless. What? Serrano. All of a sudden, what are they? Chopped liver now? They, they, you forgot? It. But you, do we have to remind you about the bazillion dollars they just spent on their team? They will be all right with Osorio. Without Osorio, I think Columbus holds on. I think Columbus gets it done. I'll go to. I'll go two one Columbus.
0: I hope Columbus wins because then that way I could just let you know on Twitter and you know you'll. Just I just like picked the, them to uh, win. Yeah, yeah, I just
1: picked them to win. How are you going to what? Because what you you'll get?
0: come. Because you'll come back and you'll be like, oh well, you know, I also said there could have been a draw and blah blah blah.
1: I I just laid it out pretty clearly. Osorio's out. Columbus wins. Osorio starts, I see a draw. Period. I'm
0: gonna say win regardless. Uh I have a, it's now a time. Oh you're doing predictions now. Well no. oh, okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Rap.
1: You can't just pick and choose. Either you pick all the games or you don't pick any. No, I'm really... picking this one. Okay. Columbus. Right.
0: I can pick and choose. There's no rules. No, There's fair no fair. rules on this show.
1: Alright. Nobody nobody's taking me seriously. Wait, <laughs> it's the same.
0: Uh, i just kidding, 80, 80, folks. I'm 80 not being 80% mean. of the show disagreed you, uh, with you on that one, Ivis. <laughs> I'm not being mean. uh Before we wrap up the show, last final segment, SBI Q&A. And the first question, Ivis, comes from Kyle. Do you think Barisa Du should make World Cup roster? Not asking for a prediction, just your opinion, if it were up to you.
1: Well, again, it's there's two months to go before the World Cup. So, if you're asking me if the World Cup ended, if the, if the roster had to be announced today, would I, put, would I put him on? I think I would. Actually, I would. I would, have, I would put him on because of his versatility um, and because of the form that he's on. I, I think he's a good option for you. I think especially if you want to play Michael Bradley in a more advanced role. Um, and that possibility, let's just say hypothetically, you play a 4-2-3-1 and you play Jermaine Jones, Kyle Breckerman and Michael Bradley together. If you get an injury to Jermaine Jones or yep. Kyle Breckham, all of a sudden you can't play that system. So I'll go Marissa's. I think, I think I would put him on. Do I think Klinsman will put him on? As of right now, no. I don't think he will yet. But I think if he keeps playing well, if other guys don't step up, I think he could end up on
0: I agree. I think if he does well in MLS, positive performance on Wednesday night. I mean, I think things are only looking to go forward for him if he continues the way he's going. Next question comes from Eric Fox. I think we'll see more four four two at it. A- Clinsman or was this a one-off
1: huh no I think we'll see it more I think we'll see it more uh, I, I don't think it's going to become the preferred formation uh, the preferred system but I think we'll see it at least one other game I think you have three games to work with there uh, coming up uh, in, in the in the road to Brazil the the, the run-up so I think from that standpoint um, I think that'll tell us you know something and I think you know that first game is Azerbaijan that that'd be a good chance for them to experiment with that and I think I think we'll see we'll see that at least once I don't think we'll see that against Ghana Uh, and I do I tell you what I think we could see it I think we could see it
0: against uh, Germany Uh, next question this comes from Victor would Klinsman drop Dempsey out of the first 11 if poor form continues in MLS okay one it's not continuing I think he's been playing well yep
1: uh, and two, would he drop him? No, because I think Klinsman understands the quality that he provides, the things he can do, make something out of nothing. Um, as Garrett points out, he's opportunistic. I, I, I don't. I, it'd be hard for me to see
0: Dempsey oh. not start. Him. Thanks, Ivys, for the uh, little compliment right there. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it took you what fifty-nine minutes to finally do that. No, 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 no. Final question <laughs> comes from. This is actually this is the most important question on the show. So final one comes from John Boland. The world wants to know who got their drink on at the party more, me or you. Uh, I probably drank with you. I, I, I mean, I will admit I, I was... You were probably
1: sl- it, more sloppily drunk, but I probably drank with you.
0: Well, I started off, I always double fist because I always think it's ridiculous. I'm not going to go back up to the bar after drinking one, so I was by two. And then Tyler at ECU showed up. The guy who's one of the listeners to the show, Tyler. Thank you for coming. Also, the guy from Vegas. I can't remember his first name. Was it Andre in Vegas? Yeah, Andre in Vegas. That was his name. Um, but Tyler kept buying me beers. But the party was a good time, man. It,
1: it was a good time. Uh, it, uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, a nice group. We had a nice group. It wasn't. It wasn't like overflow. Uh, it wasn't like the MLS Cup party in LA where it was like a line around the block and it, was, it, it got a little out of control. Uh, this time around it was a chill atmosphere. Decent, you know, nice venue selected by you and it was a good, it was a good time. It was a nice chill environment. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll already start making plans for an SBI party at the MLS All-Star game in Portland. yeah I'm looking forward to it. it's my it's one of my, it's one of my favorite cities, and uh, I've been there so many times. Uh, I'm sure I'll find somewhere for us to have a nice party there. And we know a lot of people are planning to make it for yep. that one. Uh, MLS All-stars versus Bayern Munich in August after the World Cup. So if I can make it through Brazil in the World Cup, I'm looking forward to that all-star game.
0: Well, we already talked to some people at the party. They want to come to the game. I, mean, I brought some of my uh, my my, my, uh, my teammates from Divas FC, and they want to come up to Portland now, man. They had a good time. Yeah, I will
1: say one thing. For for any t- for all the times that Garrett has ever mentioned, his team, Divas FC, uh, co-ed team that he has, and uh, he, he likes to talk about the talent on his team. And uh, and when I say talent, I don't mean <laughs> soccer soccer's <school's> quality. <laughs> I'm talking about looks, uh, female looks. Uh, I, I got to say, you got a nice-looking squad there. You got, a, you got a pretty impressive team there. Uh, they must be pretty good soccer players because if they have to carry you, clearly they, 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 have some, they bring yeah, some they, good quality. Yeah, they, they talk on the crap
0: team. on me about how, how poor uh, my defending was on the team. Yeah,
1: it sounds pretty bad. So yeah, I can understand why you wouldn't want to rip on Omar Gonzalez against Mexico considering
0: how bad you are. Yeah, because I, I did not have a good performance on Monday night. Josh did not have a good performance. Uh, well, Ivis, that wraps with the show, man. You're falling asleep. You got to catch your plane. So it's been nice to see you, man. Hopefully, I'll see you again in August.
1: Yes, sir. Or before that, you know? When you, oh, fly, yeah? when you land that big gig in New York and you move out, maybe we'll make it
0: happen. I need to be on TV. Why don't we start like an SBI TV channel? That's, that's, that's what we should <laughs> Let be me
1: doing. Dig a couple million out of my couch and then we'll make
0: it happen. I, I don't know, man. I, I heard that party that you're throwing is going to have a lot of money. Why don't we just save some of that <laughs> money for me to move to New York? Do you yeah. think about that?
1: We'll see. We'll get you on TV somehow, somewhere.
0: You, Thanks, you'll, you'll make it. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that, Ivis. All right, man. we Well, uh, have a safe fight. As always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. If you saw you at the party, thank you for coming out. Uh, we really appreciate it. It was nice meeting everyone. And uh, that's it, man. Any, any final thoughts, Ives?
1: Uh Arizona was great. Uh, this is not my first time here. It's my third time here, uh, all three times for U.S. games. But I would say I really got a good sense for the city for the first time in the past I've come, and it's just been in and out the hotel by the, the stadium. And, this time around I definitely got to enjoy the city a lot more And definitely thanks uh, thanks to Garrett for that uh, It's pretty good Mexican food You know he, he you know pointed out some spots I had some amazing pizza uh, Pizzeria Bianco uh, apparently, I told you it's one, of the, best the, one of the best in the country And it, it was it was really good And I uh, hit up a Peruvian spot today And it was very, very good It might be in like my top ten uh, Peruvian spots Wow uh, Via Peru, I think is the name of it uh, In Tempe Tempe, right? yeah, Tempe. Tempe. yeah. So, uh, check it out if you if if you're in that area. So uh, you know, I was pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed with that. The uh, the party was chill. The, the how do you not love the weather? You're so yeah, you're so spoiled. Uh, I, I gotta I gotta come back out of here. Uh, you know, I don't know what for. I, 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 one of the things is to see the Divas
0: FC play because I, I want to be able to see you play so I can make fun of you. I have a reference point
1: uh and then we'll
0: see what else we'll see what else actually the highlight of the party is when tyler walked up to me he goes he's like man you weren't kidding dude it's like 65 and everyone's wearing beanies and hoodies i was like yeah man welcome to phoenix dude i mean i was freezing my butt off at the party that night i might have had
1: i might have been wearing a jacket at some point it got cold out here man yeah you know
0: i can see how you can get get uh, get soft out here in a week from now it's gonna be like 95 degrees so this weather's gonna be gone i know you already gave that look yeah. Fra- Except Franco was out here. Franco was loving it, man. He's like, I can't wait till it gets to 100 degrees. that's no, hot weather people, we understand, Ivis. All right, dude. You got to catch your flight. We've rambled on too long. So uh, I'll talk to you uh, when you're back on the East Coast. We'll, yes. be, we'll be recapping MLS Week 5. Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the comments. Ivis and I will be back again on Monday morning with another exciting episode of the SBS Show.